Welcome to the Business Addicts Podcast, where the stakes are high, talk is cheap, and results are on the other side of commitment. Hosted by a former addict, myself, and I'm his wife, Jamie. We uncover addicts' mindsets, showing that the talents you've created in your struggle will be the superpowers you leverage to heal your deepest wounds. Listen to former addicts share stories of how they've flipped the switch, including insights into how much we can believe in ourselves. For those of you affected by addiction, we support your desire to help the addict in your life by raising the stakes and creating emotional barriers. Welcome back to the Business Addicts Podcast. I'm really excited about this one. For myself, I had hypnotherapy this summer, and I am really excited to share what hypnotherapy can do for people. And uh, we have Serena, who's a hypnotherapist and a coach, and I'll let you introduce yourself and tell us what you what you do. And then we have Christina here today as well, who's worked with Serena. So let's get started with Christina. Can you tell us who you are and like what led up to exploring hypnotherapy? Hi, I'm Christina. Um, I have, as like everybody, been on a journey and working to find different ways to figure out all the things that are holding me back. And I've been in therapy for many years and tried all sorts of different things and didn't really get a lot of traction. And so as I'm exploring different things, I'm listening to different podcasts. And I came across Serena and the Rapid Rapid Transformational Therapy that she does through a podcast. And it sounded almost too good to be true. And so I jumped in with both feet to see what this was all about and what different results it could get for me. Sounds like we're extending the story, Serena. We're doing another podcast, reaching out to new people. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's kind of like, just like you might be <laughs> right now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so so much good information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I uh, so Serena, I would love you you to dive in because like when I first talked to you um I was pretty scared like Jamie my wife went worked with you first and um I really was just super impressed with her ability to um not be scared and be excited and with her with the results that that you helped her with um and that but I was still kind of like I I don't think I could ever do that (laughs) And then um, several months later, I'm like, I'm ready and I want to do it and I need to. Uh, So for those who might be like me that are scared, like of what hypno means and all of that, can you help us understand what we're talking about here? Yeah. And I think, I think it's a matter of education. So my first introduction to anything, you know, hypnosis or hypnotist was a senior graduation party and there was a guy there and you know hypnotizing one of my friends from high school and like I sat in the back of the room and I would not make eye contact because I was like I don't want to be accidentally hypnotized like this is weird super uncomfortable you know and so tons of people are like am I going to quack like a duck am I going to remember like are you controlling me you know I worked with a retired prison guard and he came into my office and he's like a foot taller than me he's like am I going to remember and I was like you are really brave. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, so it's, it's different, right? It's, it's hard to explain because on a stage, that's what most people are, um, you know, relate to when they think of hypnotists, they think of like their friend who thinks they're like on a beach in the Caribbean and they're sweating like on stage or quacking like a dog. And that really like the, the idea there is the people who go up on stage, are your friends that like volunteer to do improv and stuff anyway? Like they're, they're not doing something that's way, you know, completely out of their comfort zone. They're not being made to do anything. They're going along with it. Right. So there's that, but, and, and I think it's hard because it doesn't really translate to a safe therapeutic one-on-one setting where you're really just taking time and space to understand what's going on in your life. So they're completely different experiences, you know? Um, yes. 
Absolutely. And so I was also like the last thing I ever thought I would be doing is hypnotherapy. Like everything in me was like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> like that doesn't sound fun. But when I began to heal, you know, like Christine, I went to lots of therapists and I went to, I had past trauma, you know, my dad was abusive and I would go to therapists and I would read books and I would be like, okay, I get it. Like, this is why I do these things. This is why I don't trust people. This is why I'm anxious. This is why I am people pleasing. This is why I zone out, you know, all the time. And that was great. But I was like, I actually want to change. And so much of, you know, when we're in that world is like, well, this, this impacted your brain and this is why you behave that way. And you're just, all you can do is cope, right? That was the message that I got. And I was like, there's gotta be a way to change this. And the reason when we're talking, we're not able to change the behavior is because it's at a different level. It's in your subconscious. And so the thing that's amazing about hypnotherapy to me is you can get to that subconscious level and and then people are like oh what's going on there you know and it's the same it's the level of the problem which means it's the level we operated in when we got our beliefs you know when kids operate at that level so we say conscious or subconscious mind and and scientifically it's alpha brainwave state versus beta so alpha and theta are your subconscious beta is your conscious and we lived in that alpha and theta until age 10. Scientists call it actually a hypnagogic brainwave state. And it's because you're absorbing and learning, you know, language and you're learning how the world works and all of that. And so then when we're, you know, 10 to 12, we grow out of it and we're in beta. But the thing is, we're also in that state, obviously in hypnosis, we're in that state at play. We can go into alpha and theta. We're in that state every single morning as we're waking up because delta is sleep. So you go delta, theta, alpha, beta, if you care about this. But this is what I needed to hear <laughs> to convince me to do yeah, this. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I care. Yeah, it's, it sounds good. Um, and then every time we go to sleep, we go beta and then we reverse it. We go beta, alpha, beta, delta. And so we're in that state naturally during the day, we're in that state when we're driving and we zone out or anytime we're in, you know, kind of autopilot, you know, when we're watching movies and, and things like that. And so it's just taking some time and space to, to be in that state on purpose with somebody leading you to ask questions about, okay, why do I do the things I do? So the last part of this is your subconscious sometimes to say is a million times greater than your subconscious, more powerful or than your conscious. Some scientists say like 30,000% more powerful. That's a lot, right? And so wow. when you can change a belief there, when we sit, we say, okay, what's going on? What are you believing? Where did this come from? And then switch it. It's extremely powerful to change beliefs quickly. So if you're in your beta, you can just talk and talk and talk forever. And your logical mind knows, like, I shouldn't be doing this. This isn't necessary. This is hurting my life. Like, your, your conscious knows all that stuff. But if your subconscious is a million times more powerful, it makes sense to kind of operate there and make sure that's on board. So you're not fighting an uphill battle. So learning all of that, like having someone explain all of that to me was like, oh, that makes sense. I, I'd be willing to try that. And then experiencing it and seeing it and learning like, oh my gosh, this is, this feels good. This is helpful. This is kind, I'm not reliving anything. Um, I absolutely uh, love it, you know, after learning all of that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Christina, now that we know a little bit about hypnotherapy, as far as like what we're talking about, uh, let's go back a little bit back to you and talk about um, I think, you know, Serena mentioned it and I know for the same for me, like I was, I know that from an addict's perspective that before there's addiction, there's trauma. And so that was what I was learning in the time where I was ready to talk to Serena and just kind of like figure out, okay, so what's behind that? Is it big trauma? Is it something, you know, little trauma, whatever kind of trauma it is whatever age it was, I'd like to figure out what it was and, and like, you know, heal that. 
So for you, is there anything you'd like to share with us around kind of the trauma behind your journey? So the word trauma is interesting because it it feels to me like people who go who don't go through something huge in their childhood feel that they should be okay and that because they didn't have a big thing that they should be able to just move forward and be fine and not need therapy and so for me it was just that ongoing experience of life where i moved a lot and my mom was a single mom of four kids and was finding her own path and it was having a hard time and it was it ended up just being this ongoing um interpretation that i was not good enough that i was not worthy enough that i should be quiet and that i should be not disruptive and that the only way that people will like me is if i'm a certain way and that led to certain behaviors and it can lead to addiction and i definitely struggled with alcohol for a very long time and numbing but what it actually led me was almost to an addiction of being busy if i just mm. climb yeah. my way out of this pit if i just work harder do better be better um then i will be okay and that led me to you know a place where i was constantly spinning my wheels constantly trying to find the right thing for me to do that was going to make me feel okay and i kept going back to school and i kept trying different jobs and i never felt happy and i never felt good and i never felt worthy and that all came crashing down after i had a couple of kids and parenting is very hard and so that was another thing that i was trying to spin my wheels at and i ended up just crashing and you know nervous breakdown style um you yeah. know alcohol all the time just trying to numb uh luckily i never got into anything that took over my life in a way that it absolutely could have um mm -hmm. so i guess my message is that it doesn't have to be a big thing for you to not be okay um and it doesn't have to be a big thing for hypnotherapy to be very effective for you mm -hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. That is a very strong message. And, you know, I didn't have anything that I, um, that I was aware of at all that would, I would qualify as a big thing or any reason to struggle with the things I, I was, um, you know, even with my addiction, it just, you know, I wasn't aware of anything. Right. So I, I can definitely enter into what you're saying, and I think that's a really powerful message. So let's talk about the process with Serena and how you, what was the appointments like? What was the early stages of working with her and bring us through that, that journey? So I have to say that every time um, before I met Serena, every time I had to go to a therapy, every time I had to deal with anything that I've shoved down, I was terrified to the point of panic attack where I had to work really, really hard to show up to every therapy session um, before I met Serena. And I would leave every therapy session feeling almost re-traumatized or almost, you know, like I, I would have gone through it again and I, I would have relived whatever or, or shared for the first time, whatever that I'm sharing. And then I felt like, that was my only progress was that i shared it okay so that was my experience leading up to meeting serena and so meeting serena i i had the, the same thing where it's like oh my goodness what is she going to find she's going to go into my mind maybe there's something there that i don't even know about i don't want to share it with anybody i'm i'm not good at sharing i don't like sharing so I, I was definitely terrified going into our first session together. Um, mm -hmm. But Serena is so real and the way that she approaches it and the things that she's shared in her own personal journey that, that I've gotten to, to know being a part of her mailing list and stuff made me feel like she gets it and that she's a safe person to be with. And mm -hmm. so I allowed myself to go through this process. 
And I have to say that it was the safest I have ever felt in therapy in my entire life. She guides you through in a way that feels so loving and in a way that feels like it's just very, very normal. And she leaves you with a sense of change. She's there with you as you go back through the things that you want to work on. And as you work on it, you you get to rewrite the story from a different lens, which is not something I had ever done before. And so you come out with this different lens and this new sense of optimism. And it was the best therapy experience that I've ever had in my entire life. The fear is gone. Yeah. And by the way, Serena, we're not trying to make you cry, but it is pretty special. <laughs> if you do. Well, it's so interesting because I mean, like, I'm like, what you, do. you know, it's, it's the, it's the method. Like y'all are giving me credit, but I did not invent this, you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> and it, it is, it's, it, that's, that's exactly how I felt like, holy crap. You know, this, mm-hmm. this is the way I describe it is like in my brain, like, this is how I think of it. You know, in the civil war, if you needed surgery, they would give you like a belt to bite and some whiskey and like, Godspeed. Mm-hmm. And it was the kindest thing they could do to maybe, you know, amputate your leg to save your life. Right. That was the best yeah. tools they had at the time. And to me, and this may be harsh and offensive <laughs> to, to a therapist, but like in some ways, traditional therapy is a little bit like that where you're like, okay, here we go. And you're, and you're digging yeah. into something. And I would go home and cry as well. Like I would just go home and cry because I was like, okay, I have some understanding of why I messed up. I have no like hope <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that, that it's going to be different, you know? And to me, hypnosis is like anesthesia. Now we all go get surgery and we don't even think twice about it. We don't feel it, you know? And it's, it's not a, it's not something we have to actually experience the pain in. And I believe that we can, mm-hmm. we can heal these places where we got programming that hurts us without having all of the pain of reliving it. That's how I think about it. That's probably, you know, that's why I'm so passionate about it because it's anesthesia for surgery that we need. (laughs) And, you know, lots of people have gone through surgery too, and there's no stigma, but because of how, you know, Mm -hmm. crazy it's been to heal emotions, there's stigma and there's fear and there's re-traumatizing, you know, and, and to me, this is just an amazing way to have it be, loving like like christina said feel safe and loving and effective yeah yeah i think and i i appreciate the visual or or the explanation of the anesthesia but it, it seems like it's even better because it's like how do you how do you talk about the the emotional state you're in so going back to the analogy of surgeries pre anesthesia your body would fight it right? People would bleed too Mm -hmm. much because your body is naturally going to resist pain. So it's now anesthesia puts, you know, puts your physical body in a different state where it's not resisting the pain and it's a lot safer. Okay. So that's what I would carry over as an analogy, probably not a perfect one that when you're in that calm, relaxed state, you're not triggering those, that resistance and the pain receptors. And it is true. You can look at things that happen separate from Mm -hmm. them. And that's really the key is that you just have this awareness. And to me, we talk about subconscious and conscious, and then there's the idea of a superconscious, right? So those three things operating like our, our spirit or our, you know, the part of us that, that knows everything is okay, you know? And Mm -hmm. scientists used to think they were like, you were in this one and then you were in this one and then you were in that one, but now they're understanding you can kind of hold them all. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, you, when you're, when you're in that subconscious space, your conscious is connecting dots too, but it's not reliving it. So it's, it's a, it's just to me an amazing space. And you think about it, it's 95% of our minds. And the, so the main thing here, and I hope I'm, I hope I'm making sense is 
we've had scientific instruments to measure the body, how the heart works, how the bones work, you know, all of that kind of stuff for a long time. Scientific instruments to measure how our brains work are new in the last 30 mm -hmm. years. And so there's a, there's a huge amount of discovery happening. And, and that's what's happening is, I mean, hypnosis has been around for a long time, but understanding like somehow, mm -hmm. and I don't know that there's a way that scientists could even explain exactly how you can mm -hmm. look at a painful memory. Like for me, you know, my dad yeah. was an alcoholic and lots of scary things happened. And I could look at those separate from me and understand, oh, there's a, yeah. there's a little girl there to your point about loving the inner child. There's a little girl there who's hurting but I can sit in this room and have awareness that I'm safe to look at that. And there's somebody here with me. And, and that's the, that's the amazing thing about our subconscious. It's what allows us to watch movies and be really impacted, but we know we're not in the movie, right? Cause we're in that same state mm -hmm. when we watch movies and yeah, I don't know how that works <laughs> but <laughs> scientifically, <laughs> yeah. but there's a, there's a disconnect that, is a very, very helpful. Yeah. And to your point, doing it, you know, with ourselves, like you can, you can do self-hypnosis too, but even in that it's mm -hmm. someone holding space for you. And I would say holding space for you in NLP, holding space for you, you know, makes a difference where you can just kind of be listening and, and instead of like being asked, asking the conscious questions, like you're talking about with yourself, like, and then, you know, then getting the answers by yourself, like that's a little harder. So Christina, like you already highlighted, Serena is really there with you. And as, as she's even sharing with us now, she's been down this journey before. Um, so there's, yes, Serena, the, you didn't invent this, but you're very skilled at it. Um, and so, and that's, you know, that's the gifts that you were given, um, we appreciate that. And we're just celebrating that. So Christina, help us um, like with some of the thoughts you had in hypnotherapy, not necessarily the, like, let's say a reflection of hypnotherapy afterwards. Um, anything you'd like to share about that? While you're experiencing it, um, there's this like, yeah, like a hand holding, like she uses the words like your brilliant mind is going to come up with. And just those tiny little words make you say, mm -hmm. oh, you know, okay, I, I am worthy. I am brilliant. My mind is brilliant. My mind is doing what it's supposed to be doing. These little bits of, of my past do not define me, do not destroy me. Mm -hmm. So every little step of the way, just every tiny approach that she takes, allows me to feel better already. Like I'm, I am better than what I believe that I am because Serena believes I'm better than I believe that I am. And so as you're walking through that, you know, number one, you have that. But then what happens is she guides you through a way to see what's happened, what's what your brilliant mind has brought up with that lens. And so you can see what's happened, like Serena was talking about, you know, that little girl in the corner. You can look at that little girl and and she'll guide you through, is that right? Is that right that that little girl is, is there doing that, experiencing that? Mm -hmm. You know, what would you tell that little girl? And And she just goes through all of these different steps that I've never experienced before that allows me to see the situation in a completely different way. And then allows me to take that new way, that new vision that I have, that new understanding of the scenario, and that is what I take with me outside of the the session. So I, I enter in with this feeling of, you know, I'm not good enough. I don't want to share with the world what I've experienced. I don't want to share parts of me with this stranger I'm afraid and I leave with this feeling of being empowered and this feeling that I can I can move forward in a way that I never imagined that I could move forward because I now have this new program and this new way of looking at things that lets me release all of that baggage that had been so heavy that I had been carrying for my whole life. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's right. Serena, is it like, it's like entering truth 
I mean, like, like our, the truth about us. That's that's what it, that's the word that just came to mind. It's like taking all your doubts and fears about yourself, putting them aside, and then just kind of witnessing what truly happened. But also, you have this feeling of hard to describe, but like peace. Um, just like you're see, you're feeling the part of you that's always been just fine, and never was. Uh, affected by anything um like that's the state of mind you're in it's like you know what i'm completely fine and then this happened and then i did something with it i don't know is that yeah is that right it really is as as christina was talking i was like oh this is a this is a whole belief system right this is a whole belief system yeah. that we are not born broken you know, that we, that, that there's a part of us that is whole. So, and, and I know these examples aren't very like spiritual, but like when you break a bone, the, the doctor puts a cast around it and sets mm -hmm. it and then the bone heals. And if we were to like put a video in there and watch that, watch a bone go from broken, broken to put back together that's a miracle right yeah it's a miracle your bone a whole bone will just fuse back together and the cells go back together and the blood can flow and the nerves and it's like who can explain that the doctor yeah. facilitates for that to happen <laughs> right and so that's exactly how i feel about this like our bodies are amazing and incredible and the same process of our physical body, we can we can have a space we create for our emotional body and our mind and how that goes back together. Like what Christina is explaining, like it's just that that's a miracle. Like it's like our our bodies were designed for our bones to heal. We all know that and we accept it. But if we like studied it, we'd be like, holy crap. And now it's the same process here. Our, our minds want to heal. They know how to do this. We're freaking amazing. And when we have the space, that to me, if, if we're talking about truth, that's who we really are. We're not, mm -hmm. you know, we're not broken beyond repair. We, we don't just need coping mechanisms. And also we don't need to walk around right before casts in modern medicine with a limp our whole life, right? Like we can heal our, our minds. And that doesn't mean everybody every real, can heal everything all the time, right? But these things, yeah. like if you go into a room of 100 people and you say, who broke their arm when they were little and got a cast and now it's back together? A lot of people would raise their hand or their leg or their ankle or whatever. And there's no shame and there's no stigma. To me, it's the same thing my heart as we all go who you know experienced some crap when they were little and it doesn't mean all our parents are horrible and then we would go yeah and then we got this cast and we healed it you know through hypnotherapy or, or whatever method and and now like christina said we don't have that fear we don't have that panic and that anxiety so that's like how i think about it i think it's a miracle in the same way of the everyday quote-unquote miracle of our bones going back together. Mm -hmm. And that includes a part of your body that knows how to restore the bones. Like you're saying this part of you that's bigger, that's always had yeah. peace, that's whole, that knows how you're supposed to operate in the world emotionally and, and the vision yeah. and the, the purpose for your life. Right. So yeah, it's a little scientific and, and a little amazing or a lot amazing. Yeah. Like, it's a lot amazing. Yeah, I mean, it just honestly is a lot amazing. It's uh, it's not something that, um, like it's cer certainly so funny for me. Like it's the thing. It's the opposite of being scared of it. Like, sorry, that like it. It feels completely on the opposite of all of your fears, all of your anxiety, even what you would have about it um, prior. After you experience it, you're like, it's just all the way on the opposite level. It's the most, um, 
calm, peaceful, healing type experience that probably, I don't know if there's another way to, yeah. to experience that. There's just so little going on in your mind yeah. and you're so focused and well, so and aware. Well, and to your point about the, the idea of truth, right? Because our mm -hmm. fear when we're broken, it's not just a broken bone, right? Fear, a fear of being emotionally broken, whether it's it's small little things over time like Christina's talking about or or we know we've got this big thing, you know, whatever it is, any area of our life where we feel shame and not enough. The fear is exactly what Christina is saying, exactly how I felt like, oh, great. They're going to look real deep and then it'll be like, then it'll be uh, certified. She's broken. Then it'll be official because yeah. <laughs> once yeah. we get to the core, the fear is at the core, we're broken, right? Yeah, that's and right. When you go through this process and you're like, you get to the core and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm amazing and incredible. Yeah. And I'm. And I'm yeah. God's kid you and you feel the opposite. Yeah. That's the truth. That's what you're speaking about, right? If one is shame, mm -hmm. it's a lie yeah. that a little kid absorbs because we're bringing, we're bringing in an adult way of thinking in where a little kid, the world mm -hmm. revolves around them. So if anything happens, you know, mom and dad don't love me. We don't go, oh, mom and dad are messed up. We go, I'm messed up. So we, we yeah. get this shame on that deep level. And that's what this process is healing and removing and then when you know who you really are and we do this for other people we know who they really are you know who our kids really are we love them unconditionally you know but when we can do that for ourselves it's powerful and that's the truth and you I've, can't quantify knowing you're valuable right yeah Christine. yeah yeah Christine. i feel like in the past um when i've gone to therapy going back to your broken bone analogy, it's like, I just get to talk about how I broke the bone. You know, I broke the bone doing this thing and, and, and I get to explain it and they'll ask questions about it, but there's no setting the bone and there's no casting the bone and, and there's no, you know, the, the limp is still there at the end of it, even though I've talked about the trauma of breaking the bone. And so like you're explaining, Kevin, like it's just, your your bone is fused back together through this process and that allows mm -hmm. you to move forward in your life in a way that is healed and no longer painful it's the first time i've ever experienced that through yeah. therapy that i've healed the wound yeah i think i mean one thing i've discovered in kind of my healing journey is that the environment that we come into life with like even the probably the trauma that maybe our parents experienced this is we're talking about getting past all of that to me it's like the deepest way for you to connect with your intuition and like really completely discover yourself like who am i really i think that in all of our experiences with every coach and everyone that i've ever talked to that's received help that's the most powerful thing is understanding that we are loved and serena uses those words that we're that we're loved and that we are amazing. And those are the words that you use. And that's true. It, it is, it, we are loved. We are amazing. And then these things, the, the environment that we're growing up in, probably the energies that come with the people that are dealing with other things like our parents. Um, and what we're dealing with, we, we come up with an, a different way of living. That's not truth. It's coping. It's, well, I'm the problem. I, I am broken at my... Christina, after you go through the healing part, can you help us enter into a little bit more of like the, the latter stage of hypnotherapy and then what you felt coming out of it? In, in the later stages, you rewrite the story. So you, your brain, your mm -hmm. brilliant mind comes up with the different scenarios that need to be reworked and you end up rewriting them. So you have a completely new view, a new, you know, program that is what Serena calls it. So you have this new program that you can take with you and it shifts that feeling of helplessness and hopelessness 
into a feeling of empowerment. So I've got this new program and Serena leaves you with a, a recording that you can listen to to help you to remember the program and help you to integrate it. And, and it feels so good every time you listen to it. You're like, yes, I am that person and I am powerful. And you get to listen to that over and over again. And for the whole rest of that day and, and about 24 hours after my whole body was doing something really weird and it was like tingling like like I had actually had a physical surgery like it wasn't painful but it was just not quite right and so I took the whole rest of the day off and I just walked and walked and walked with my dog which is my happy place and I woke up the next morning and I I felt like a Viagra commercial <laughs> I was just popped out of bed <laughs> i know it's probably inappropriate popped out of bed ready to take on the world <laughs> like i i was so happy like i just woke up and i just felt so light and so I, like i hadn't felt that in years and years and years and it, it like serena said it was like a miracle it was like some toxic part of me had been removed my body needed some time to integrate it. And then once it was gone, it was gone forever. And I'm still feeling that way right till today. And it's been, you know, nine months since my first experience with Serena. Yeah, I think. And Serena, I, I would love your opinion on this. Like, I just feel like this is how God always has seen us. You know, like we come up with all of this stuff about ourselves that we're messed up and all this. And, and that's not the way he, it's like, when I say truth, that's what I mean. Is like, it's the truth. We are made to be amazing, to change, to interact in really powerful, loving ways in life with everyone that we meet. And this, these lies that are just like, Oh, well, you can't do that because of this or whatever is there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when you get past that, you're like, uh, I am amazing. Uh, I was made to be amazing. And it's it's the best feeling possible to to realize how how amazing you really are when you've been carrying, especially when you've been carrying mm -hmm. around all these thoughts about well, I'm not amazing because of this. and Yeah, I know for me, when I stopped being anxious, I would never call myself anxious before because I didn't know that everyone didn't operate in that way. I thought anxious was just normal. Like everybody gets up at 2 a.m. and like rehashes their day and beats themselves up for the things that they did wrong. Or everybody is super yeah. hyper-focused and they're in a room about saying the right thing and being super careful and, you know, thinking that they're the least person in that. Like it was so part of my brain. I didn't know there was any, any way else of being until, like you said, when I experienced that like unconditional love, you know, is the way that I experienced it. And to go further with like the broken arm and I'm going to change it to a broken leg. So imagine you limp your whole life and you can't run and you can't go too mm -hmm. fast. You can't carry certain things. And then that, that shifts and heals and your leg is operating the way that it's meant to operate. And you were meant to run and you were meant to lift things and fill things and yeah. carry things. Right. Like physically we get that really easily. So spiritually, it's the same way. We are meant to be connected. We are meant to mm -hmm. feel peace most of the day. I think that's the hardest thing for people to believe, especially when yeah. you don't, when that's such, it's a different world. Like I didn't like people to feel peace most of the day. I thought those were like crazy people who meditated all the time who like, I, that was like, <laughs> I'm never going to be like you because you're crazy. Like there was like normal, which was like me, like Christina was saying, just hustle, work, like we're striving, we got crap to do. And those peaceful people, like they smoke too much pot or something. And like, that's not who I even want to be. Like it was so far from my brain. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, so it was this understanding like, oh, I'm supposed to actually, I remember. So when I when I experienced this rapid transformational therapy, I call it healing hypnotherapy. I listened to the recording and it was three weeks in. So the first session I ever had was very powerful 
obviously in my life. That's why I, I was like, oh, this is what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going to go yeah. learn how to do this. Like, it just hit me. And, and I knew, and I do think it's my gift. But it was listening to that recording and it was three weeks in and I remember just crying because in the, in the recording, it's like, I'm valuable, I'm lovable. And I was just crying because it started to sink in and I had never mm-hmm. been kind to myself in my own head before. I had never loved myself. Yeah. That was like a foreign concept. And I experienced that and I don't really know how to explain it, but like, oh my God, I'm good. I am lovable. Like I am, I am good, you know? And, and it is, it's a different way of operating. It's a, it's a different way of seeing the world. It's a different way of being. And as far as like spirituality and God, I think it's the accurate way. I do Mm -hmm. not think we were, I do not believe we were intended to be drenched in shame and fear. Right. We are, we are, I mean, as far as the Bible says, we're, we're to be Mm -hmm. operating out of love and not fear. And I think that we're just in this set point of fear that we don't even know because we're swimming in it. Yeah. Yeah. Like generations of fear in some cases. And (laughs) as, as people would say historically that kept us, that kept us safe. Right. If you're, if you're afraid, you're, you're not going to wander out on your own. And, you know, historically in the, in the, in the way that people operated, but the way we are now, we can have the freedom to not live in fear. And I think there's also like, yeah, you're not going to go like pet a lion, right? Like there, there is that healthy fear, but I think it's, I think it's that we have been swimming in it more than, than, than even the tribal people, because we're, we're advertised to, you're not enough by this t-shirt you know, you're not enough by this car. And that's like a constant programming, right? We're being hypnotized, you know, to take it in my, you know, in my opinion, to be feeling like we're not enough if we don't have this car, this house, this amount of money, you know? And so there's, there's that, you know, our natural tendency for our negativity bias, which is most of our thoughts are negative, which is just kind of how, how things have been. But then we're also like given fear because that, you know, we aren't encouraged to be empowered. So the truth is that we're empowered. We're amazing, incredible beings. We have purpose. We're loved. Like it's a, it's a good way to be. I never thought of it that way. We're absolutely being hypnotized by fear. I had one client say that. She's like, you unhypnotized me. And I was like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad this came out because this is actually the way it really is. You're entering a state where you understand how you were hypnotized. <laughs> Christina, I love the the words that Serena used, unconditional love. And so what did you like really feel about yourself? What was the reprogramming for you? I it's really hard to put into words. Um I feel like the biggest shift is realizing that I'm enough even when I'm standing still, even when I'm doing nothing, um, and that every step that I take is actually a brave, bold step that I choose to take, whether that's a brave, bold step to choose to rest or to choose a change in my life or to choose to move forward. All of those things now present themselves in front of me and I get to choose and I'm worthy of choosing. It's a completely different mindset than I had before where it was like, run on your path, run on your path, run on your path, hurry up, get down the path, you know, get that job, get that, that marriage, get that bigger house, get the thing, get the thing, you know, if you can get all those things, then at the other end of the thing, you'll find happiness. And so I thought there was something wrong with me because I couldn't get to that end. I I wasn't good enough. I wasn't worthy enough. And this allowed me to say, oh, no, honey, you are worthy all along. You're just choosing this one path when there are hundreds of paths in front of you. And now I can stop and take the time that I need to actually slow down and listen. Because honestly, before this, if I slowed down for a second, I would have a panic attack. 
I would, you know, move into this place of fear and scarcity and not enoughness. And I, I just wanted to get out of it, which is why I think I was, you know, running so hard to try to get out of that place. And now I have this ability, I think partly because of the recordings, the recordings make you sit in place and they make you sit in place and listen to, you know, a, a, man, a mantra that says, you know, you are enough and you are worthy and you can do anything and you can make a choice and you have everything you need inside of you. And it's like, oh, and so allowing myself to take yeah. that minute and say, oh, my goodness, I do have options. And oh, my goodness, I am smart enough to choose one in any given moment. And I'm worthy enough to take a step in any direction I choose. That is a complete mind mm -hmm. shift for me. And it allows me to live intentionally from a place of love instead of a place of fear. Does that make sense? I would say that uh, you found the words. <laughs> That's way that better than talking about a broken leg. That was way better. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's, we need the different ways to, to, to dis talk about this. It's so, um, it's so amazing. Uh, that's why we're doing this. That's why I wanted to do this podcast is just share like everything that we're scared of growth wise. And it's pervasive, um, in a lot of lives. It's just like, Oh no, growth is scary. You know what? Actually not growing is scary. <laughs> now, like when you choose grow growth and you choose healing, it's not scary. Uh, the way I was, was scary. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and I think we need to get to that point. I know I needed to get to that point in my life where I was like, okay, whatever this is, the pain of remaining the same, like mm -hmm. Tony Robbins says, <laughs> is greater, you know, than the pain of choosing this. Yes. But I yes. think the biggest thing for me is hope, is that this is a repeatable process. Like Christina's story and your story and my story are not like flukes that just, that just happened. Yeah. Is there's hope that no matter what's happened to you in your past, you can have peace. Because I think along the way people discover and then they try different therapists. And then if a therapist doesn't work, think about it. You're like, oh, well, then I must be broken. Or if your mantras don't work, mm -hmm. or if trying to, you know, beat yourself up into, into breaking an addiction doesn't work, then you, then you can get hopeless. You can get to the point and be like, well, other people, I guess, might be able to change, but not me. And, and to me, yeah. that's the most important thing is to understand this is a, this is a process and it works and it doesn't matter what's happened to you in your past. There's hope and you can change. And like this, what Christina's talking about is not like this rare you know, crazy thing. It's a, it's a pretty common experience yeah, using, absolutely. you know, using hypnotherapy and using NLP and using coaching and using, you know, different things. This is my flavor that I love, but like, don't stop hoping yeah. if you've had a bad experience so far. Yeah. I, I think that, I mean, I absolutely highly recommend it for, for trauma. I just think like, you know, the way I think about trauma is you are, something happens like, like even what you shared, Christina, where, um, it's not like one little thing. It's little things stacked on top of each other that we've made into something big, or maybe it is something big. And if, especially if it's something big, um, having that deep connection to the part of you that is good is really going to be helpful to move past that and to understand that at that moment, whenever something happened or whenever I chose to not really believe in myself, that um, maybe there was no one there to help me mm -hmm. or that was ready to be there. Or maybe it was literally that I wasn't there for myself. Uh, what it, which, Whichever it is that um, you can witness the truth about yourself and how good you really are and move past that without a bunch of emotional stuff. Because like for me as an, as a former addict, like I've prior to hypnotherapy, I got a lot of help with my addiction, but I still had all this, like even the shame of wasting so many, so many um, years 
of my marriage or of my life, you know, all that, like it adds up. It's like, oh, how can I ever make up for that? Or, and of course I, I know I shouldn't be carrying that around, but you do. And, and so like understanding what happened, what existed before the addiction is really powerful and gives you insight into like really believing, okay, yes, this isn't me. You know, this, I mean, it was me. I did choose things and, but yet like, there's something behind all of that. There's, there's something to be celebrated. There is, um, there's abundance there and there's a future that I want to share one thing. I never really thought about being old. Just this in the last couple months since we've gone through the Serena, I, I remember I've talked to addicts that have said like, I never in my mind thought I'd be past 30. Cause I, you know, like, crack addicts or people that were really on, on hard, harsh drugs that probably would eventually have a a toll on them. But like, for me, it was just like being old. Oh, well, I don't, I don't have any thoughts about it. Like I don't, since the last couple months, I've actually been excited to live a long time. Like I, it's so strange. I don't even know how to describe it, but like There'll be thoughts that come and I'm like, you know what? I, I actually, I'm not saying that I will. I don't know. You know, I, you don't know how long, we don't know how long our life is, but like, I'm excited to be old, like to, to, to experience life, to understand how the value of life. And that was a hard thing for me to think about before. Yeah. And I want to, I want to talk about that. So we understand physical pain, right? And I've been talking about the physical body. And so when we have a physical, painful situation, like a car crash or something, scientists and doctors understand like, oh, your body's in trauma, physical trauma. You understand physical trauma. You need to lay in bed and you need people to bring you flowers and casseroles and cards and you need painkillers. And what they give people who are experiencing physical trauma is the equivalent of heroin. That's what, you know, that's what your standard thing you're going to get in the hospital right? When you, when you hit the button, you're basically getting heroin (laughs) and doctors are fine with that. No big deal. But when we have emotional pain, it registers the same place in our brain as physical pain. And there is no, we're not told to rest. We're not given casseroles. We're not given flowers and cards (laughs) and we're not given painkillers. And even granny at the hospital, if she breaks her hip, she's getting these really high dose, basically heroin painkillers, and she's not getting addicted because it's serving a purpose. And then she gets out and she's fine. The people who get addicted, it's because this is solving their emotional pain because they've been walking around with emotional pain. I want you to imagine you were in a car crash and you didn't go to the hospital and you just had to walk around with that pain. Would you want to live a long life? No. No. Yeah, that's right. right. So when we can get to the root and heal the emotional pain and look at it, mm-hmm. then of course you're going to want to live a long life, right? Yeah. And this is the this is how the conversation conversation needs to shift. Instead of like, oh, well, look at that guy; he's destroying his family, or look at that woman; she's spending all the money. Like, okay, well, why? What happened? What's the pain that needs addressing? And then you won't need the addiction and then you'll want to live a long life because you're not in friggin' pain all the time. Right. So they know scientifically we've, we're catching up to understand that it registers the same way, but we haven't totally figured out, right. How to, mm-hmm. how to heal it. And to me, you know, I'll preach hypnotherapy forever because to me, it's also like, Oh, this natural thing, because people are going all over and they're getting ayahuasca and they're, you know, they're doing, acid and the microdosing and there's people that are looking for natural yeah. alternatives as well as mm-hmm. many many people in our country addicted to painkillers and yeah. alcohol and shopping and work and whatever because we have this emotional pain like Gabor, and- Gabor Mate if if anybody wants to learn more about trauma he's phenomenal but he but he's talking about kind of our society being sick we get rewarded for mm-hmm. like being addicted to work right and we get shamed yeah. for being addicted to substances but, but we're not having this conversation about why the heck are we all addicted and cell phones, the dopamine 
yeah. that everybody's like swimming in now, you yeah. know, with all that. So to me, it makes perfect sense that you <laughs> want to live a little longer now because it's not so painful. It's painful to believe yeah, that. that you're not worthy. It's painful to think I'm broken. It's painful to think everybody yeah. else is better than me. It's painful. Yeah. And yeah. and also to your point, when we're little, trauma, Gabor Mate also would define it as anything we experience where we had an overwhelming emotion that we had to face alone. And that you can yeah. have a wonderful mom and dad and still have those experiences. Yes. And so yeah. the the reason the the hypnotherapy that I do works so well is because we go back to that experience and we show mm -hmm. that moment in time you're not alone. You you, you know, you kind of you have the older you comforting and being with, you know. And that to me is the definition of like loving your inner child. I had a therapist tell me that once. I had zero idea what it meant because I'd never like been walked through it and I never went back. Uh -huh. I was like, I'm not going to yep. go home and rock in a corner and cry. Like, I don't know what you're talking about, but the true meaning of it is to comfort those places in our past where we've been left alone in overwhelming emotions and to go there. Yes. Right. And have somebody facilitate. Yeah. And I, and yeah. I could not do that by myself in a million years. Yeah. We're not saying that this, like you just go in to hypno and, all this magic happens and then you're done, right? Like life is a, is a learning experience. What I think it is done for me is accelerate. Someone said recently, I don't have enough time to experience all the mistakes I could make and then learn from those mistakes. And that's right. I didn't want to waste that much time anymore figuring out all the little things that were behind all this. Like if we can expediate that, fix the bone, and then figure out what else is wrong in the body... Because, uh, I mean, for me, it's brought up other things. It's like, oh, okay, now, now I can see this, you know, and and I do have the tool to work on that. So, boom, done, moving on, you know, that kind of. All right, let's 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 talk about, uh, we touched on the recordings, but there's more. So, I've never been able to do meditation. Um, I've tried, and I've, I've done those apps as well, and, you know, I can enjoy it. Um I can do about five minutes of it and it's nice to make the space in my brain, but it doesn't, it never really did much for me. And, and I wasn't excited about the next time that I would meditate, but these 15 minute recordings, I look forward to every single time. Something about the personalization of it, instead of just creating a space in yeah. your brain, you're creating a belief about yourself that something inside of me desperately, desperately wanted to believe. And so there was a piece inside of me that just couldn't wait to put a little bit more of that recording into my belief system every single day. And so the recording is just about, you know, so you go into your, your, your hypnotic state and it's just about all the things that you went through the session with. And so all of the beliefs that you're working on, all of the, the love and that does have some visualizations in it and, it just felt so good and so right and so true that for me, I still listen to them almost every day. Um, and, and so it's almost like a meditation, but it's about you. Yeah. And I, I, I don't spend enough time thinking about what I want to choose, like adding, um, and this is, I think, this is kind of tipped the scales because there's so much more, uh, there's a, an equal focus at least, if not possibly a greater focus on adding what is what we want to choose, what we want to add to our life instead of just taking away. And I really wanted to touch on this and, and just present that. Like that's another benefit is, um, and maybe it's your perspective or your approach, but I, uh, I think it's part of the overall experience is just really spending time creating what is what does Kevin look like in the future? What does Serena look like? What does Christina look like in the future? What do we want to choose? What do we want to add? What do we now that we know where we who we really are? You just nailed it, Kevin, because that's that's what I'm talking about with the past in front of me is that I never thought I had a choice before. I was just 
on a path. And you're absolutely right that this allows you to choose. And you can take steps in any direction, a new direction that I've never tried before, like a new direction that involves, you know, limited alcohol consumption or a new direction that involves loving myself in new ways and finding new things that I can do that make my life better. And I've never had that before. So it's an interesting observation. That's, you know, the the way that I work in coaching is we start out this, you know, healing hypnotherapy and then the rest of the time is like, all right, well, what does, what does my world look like with, without, with loving myself, without being anxious, without being so scared, because I think, again, when we're swimming in it, we may not even know like that, that it's a thing. And then when we heal, we're like, oh my goodness. And then it, that's the work is living in a life, living a life and getting to choose and kind of creating a world that we want and showing up the way we want. And it may include, you know, setting boundaries or saying no to things or prioritizing or, you know, that, that is, is the work of, creating this life to me that's the most amazing thing we can do and 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 then that's the freedom and that's the empowerment and also the responsibility you know that we get to do and the recordings help us visualize you know you've heard that like you can't you can't become what you can't see right it's using that um subconscious to help us and it's fascinating to me because i most Olympic athletes, most professional athletes, tons of professionals use this visualization, hypnosis, you know, the Olympics for sports performance, hypnosis is very, very common, you know, for them to use these type of things. And there's scientific studies that when combined physical practice and visualization, that makes the best athletes. But it seems like we're just catching on that, that, you know, that we can use that in our own lives, like visualize it. Because if I can see it, if I can use my imagination, then I'm going to easily move toward it. But also, even know I have a choice, like Christina is saying. So it's it's really powerful. I think that um, what we all share is that we and and others, um, many that you've worked with, Serena, and I'm sure there's other good um, facilitators in the in the United States and the world. But um, I we just want to share our experiences and the help that we received with our audience and with um, the anyone that you as a listener think would be benefited by this. And um, I, I think that the biggest thing is just understanding that it is an option that we don't have to be afraid of it. That there is beautiful uh, results from it. And like we've covered, I think, very well in this episode that um, it's like the the truth is, is when we're living in fear, we we think all this stuff is true. We think the lies are true. And Hypno is helping us to undo that, to get back to what really is true. And And it's doing it really quickly. I mean, by the way, I'm not saying that to create anxiety like, oh, no, you're going to like radically change your life in, in one day. No, you're, this is a process and Serena is with you for a period of months too to just reinforce and work through those things uh, in the way that she does the work. So, um, but that being said, it feels incredible to do it as quickly as we can through hypnotherapy. And so we wanted to share that with the world and uh, thank you both for coming along and helping us do that. Yeah. Thank you for having, you know, having the opportunity and, and for what I, what I absolutely love is the way that you're talking to addicts in a way that is not shame, right. That, that there's, there's hope, there's solutions, there's, you know, a safe, you know, space to have these conversations. I love that. Yeah, the shame is so heavy, you know, like, I will just share one thing I didn't think about until now. But when I first, my first, um, when you were talking about 
at the very beginning of my session when you're talking about um, like what what does it feel like to the things that are holding you back? What do they feel like? I've never felt the, that type of a clear experience before. Um, I felt like there was the weight. I think I used the word the weight of my entire house, uh, like holding my my arms and my being down, you know, that was, I think that one little thing was one thing that helped me understand how much I feel things. Right. But yeah, just thanks again. And uh, hopefully this has been helpful for anyone who's listening. Thank you for tuning in and to stay in touch, email us at info at business addicts, podcast.com.